Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Today we have the wonderful Brian Dixon on tap uh, to talk about legacy and also his goal for his own life. And Brian, thanks so much for your time. You are um, an energizer bunny is what I think of because you're so enthusiastic. I I first heard uh, Brian at the um, Christian Podcast Association Digital Conference, and I was impressed, Brian, with your enthusiasm Mm. and also with your candor. You don't mind... um, talking about maybe some things that have you failed at and then also what you've learned from and mm. what is so good for the world for us as as people I just heard that in that short t- time I think you spoke an hour and it was just so great so Brian is a marketing mentor he's a business coach he's a speaker and author of the best-selling book start with your people and I don't want to forget to ask this question later I'm sorry I'm talking so much but these questions are in my mind why do you think that book was a bestseller start with your people but we'll get back to that so Brian if you could first start with telling us a little bit about your family maybe where you live mm. what, you, what you do yeah. and then we'll talk about why you do it and then we'll get into legacy if that's all right with you amazing I love it Sue I'm honored to be here thanks for having me sure I am a husband of almost 20 years 20 years this summer Married, married an incredible uh, woman of God. She's very wise. She's my, she's my chief counselor. Wow. And she, she was a school teacher. So we, we met at a Bible college where we were both learning to become teachers. Hmm. We met in math for teachers class now 20, <laughs> 22 and a half years ago, first day of school. And we were asked to find a partner. I tapped the girl in front of me on the shoulder. She turns around and I said, will you be my partner? First words I ever said to her, and now we're celebrating almost 20 years of marriage, which is really and fun. she's still your partner. And is she better at math or you is what I'd like to know. Oh, she's great at elementary school math. I'm terrible at elementary school math. Me too. Uh, yeah. So, so she, she's actually thinking about getting back in the classroom, which was really fun. She's been a stay-at-home mom the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. I started my, my business. I Wait, do, you have three kids? We have three kids. That's right. We have three kids. Um, so I started my, uh, she, she came home when we had our first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my son is now 12 years old. He is an entrepreneur. He's the founder of biblebuilds.com. It's a thousand plus kid membership site wow. um, for Christian kids who want to play with Lego and learn the Bible. It's really, really wow. fun. Uh, we sold it to our pal Jefferson Bethke about a year ago. Jeff has taken that site to the next level, and my son just gets to be the face of it, which is which is really fun. Oh, so he's That's got great his own training. Little, great it's, training. Yeah, it's great training, and he has some spending money too. Yeah. Um, my daughter is an is a is a growing entrepreneur. She's nine years old, Emmeline, and and she's working on a business right now called Pups of the Spirit, and and essentially it's a subscription box that you get a puppy every month with a storybook and it's related to one of the fruits of the spirit and you get a bracelet that matches the uh, collar of the pup. And, and so she's working on validating that idea, getting that off the ground. And so so I think she's my true entrepreneur, honestly, even though my son is, is the first one, uh, first one to launch. I think my daughter really like loves entrepreneurship even more. And then, and then our youngest Hudson, he is six years old. And right now he's just really into all things six-year-olds are into. So he loves kicking a ball, shooting a Nerf gun, 
uh, play and wrestle, like all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's sort of the, a typical, um, third born youngest child life of the party always wants to tell a joke. Um, and he's learning to read right now. So that's our project together. Uh, we live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've worked for myself for about nine years now. Okay. And I'm a starter. I love, I'm an education entrepreneur or what I say is an edupreneur. I see I, I, uh, with all the problems in the world, I think the solution is education. We serve a God who calls himself the word. Um, and so I think that education is part of our DNA, hmm. but God created us to speak words of life. And so what I look for is I look for where is their death? Where is their discouragement? Um, where is their frustration and how can we leverage the tools of the culture to educate and help people grow? Wow. And so I mostly do that through coaching and through entrepreneurial investing. Uh, we have uh, several brands that I'm, I'm involved in as either as a owner consultant or a coach. And, uh, it's been really, really fun to be part of it now going on nine years strong. Well, um, I first heard of you, uh, through the organization hope writers, tell me mm -hmm. what that is. And then what is your, um, role in it right now. Absolutely. Yeah. We were, we were at a conference about uh, seven years ago, speaking at a Christian writing conference. And we looked around and we said, we love the camaraderie, especially among the speakers. Mm -hmm. um, how do we get this going every week? Like, what would it look like if we had a, an ongoing writer conference, the best of a writer mm -hmm. conference? So training, um, a great training library, I think it's really important. Number two is like knowing what works now. So sort of like the, the tips we were sharing behind the scenes as we all had dinner together. So we're like, number one, we want kind of the training from the stage of a conference. Number two, we want sort of the secret tips that we learn over dinner. And number three, we want community. We want to be able to have a place to ask our questions that nobody else seems to have figured out but better together is the idea yeah. and so we started hope writers as a membership site a paid membership site because a worker is due his wages i don't mm -hmm. believe in free i believe in investing when people pay they pay attention and we started it mm -hmm. uh seven years ago now and it's been such a journey we started with just about 40 members we've grown it to just about four thousand members we've hosted a few conferences we've had a few masterminds but our core thing that we do each and every Tuesday, there's a, a weekly teacher who's, who's sort of sharing the best of what's working now. And so in Hope Writers, we have editors, agents, authors, publishers, sharing the best of what's working and uh, encouraging our writers as they move forward. Mostly people join Hope Writers because uh, somebody tapped them on the shoulder a year or two ago and said, I think you should write a book. And they're kind of confused and overwhelmed. And so Hope Writers balances the art of writing with the business of publishing. So we talk about writing, but we also talk about how do you actually get a publishing deal or should you self-publish yourself? How do you do the marketing part, which most people are scared of? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and we do it in a very hopeful way, which there's not a lot of hope in the publishing world. It can be very discouraging. No, it can and be. so Hope Writers is all about sharing hope because you have a message of hope to share. And we want to help you do it in a sustainable way. And you... You're the founder, but you're no longer uh, too much of yeah. a working member. Yeah, because you think, build things I, you know, and then you set them, let them sail off. That's right. I believe mm -hmm. in the Timothy principle of what you do is you is you take the message that's been entrusted to you. So we're only stewards. We're all passing through. So we're only stewards of our message. We're not the owners of it. So I take the message that was shared to me, which is 
uh, I think it took me 21 years to get my first book deal, like literally 21 years. So I took the, all the crazy things I learned over those 21 years and, and I'm sharing them with people. And, and so as you do that, you find great team members who want to take your message and steward it to the next generation. Mm. And so now, um, I'm, I'm sort of in the, the CEO role um, instead of the, instead of in the, in the day to day, I'm more of the visionary. And there's actually three of us, which is kind of fun. So Emily, Gary, and Brian, the three of us founded it, uh, together. Emily P. Freeman has, has her own platform. She's amazing. And, and, and she's more of like the spiritual direction heart of hope writers. I'm more the, like the marketing and sales guy of hope yeah. writers. And Gary's more of the community person in hope writers. So the three of us came together seven years ago, started it. And now we've grown ourselves out of our positions so we can sort of be more of a, kind of the shepherd and and kind of look over everything instead of being in the day to day uh, which is where I where I love to be. I also have um, I have another business that that helps churches called Sermon Shares. So we take um, the weekly sermon. Pastor teaches a weekly sermon, usually on video somewhere. We take that sermon, find the really like powerful points, and share it on social media uh, as mm. sort of an agency model um, because most churches don't don't have a marketing person on their team, but we're able to do it really affordably. Um, I have my own coaching business at BrianDixon.com where I, I meet with people and I have a business growth academy, about a hundred members of that, that I help them get their business going and growing. Uh, and then I also kind of am in the world of the future of social media. So I, I speak frequently on that topic and, and coach uh, businesses and, and other teams. Wow. Wow. And you still, um, you still have a family and you still, yes, come, oh my God, 168 hours so a week. We have plenty, you have yeah. plenty of time to do what's important. Plenty oh. of time to do what's important. You just mm -hmm. have to say no to a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. The sanct the sanctified no. I was told that years ago. Oh, I like it's, that. Yeah. It's so great. That's by, really by good. A, a marriage and family therapist with Wycliffe Bible translators. He He's now with in glory, but he goes, Yes. Because we need to learn the sanctified no. It's okay to say no. I've had That's people great. say, well, Sue, you're a good teacher, so you should teach fifth grade Sunday school because they need you. And I said, uh -huh. I've tried it one summer and it's not me. I can do it without thinking, but That's good. it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Which goes yeah. into your goal, which is written on uh, briandixon.com, to discover the secret to finding work you love. That's what you wanted to do. Finding work you loved mm -hmm. and a life that mattered, which is what our um, podcast is about while it. helping others to do the same. How right. were you able to reach that goal yourself? Finding a life so, that matters. So it's such a good question. I, I think the, the number one thing I would say in terms of finding a life that you love, it, number one is to show up and serve. Mm -hmm. So I want you, I want you to picture, I want your listeners to picture that you walk into a room Let's just say it's a there's a there's some there's a public event going on. Maybe it's a church service, maybe it's a concert, maybe it's a conference or a meeting, a school board meeting, something like that. You walk into the room. What you notice, I believe, is a gift because oh. you're gonna notice things that I won't notice so when true. you walk into that room, right? So when I walk into that room, I'm thinking about honestly, I'm thinking about the marketing. So I'm thinking about <laughs> how is the person at the front, if there's a person speaking at the front, how are they engaging their audience? I'm thinking about the experience. Was Did I know where to go? Was there a good wayfinding? Was there a good direction? Is there a purpose to this meeting? Is there a call to action? Like I look at the purpose of... Of, of the room differently than somebody else. Somebody else would walk in the room and think about uh, the environment. How does it feel? 
What are the sounds? What is the, what, what does it smell like? Like, uh, is it, is it appropriately staged? Other people are going to walk in the room and they're going to look at the fashion or they're going to, they're going to think about the food. And so I think each one of us have something to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And as you enter into a, a place, you see what's broken. You see what's working, but you mostly see what's broken. You go, if only they, da, da, da. If only they had a merchandise table. If only they had a microphone. If only they had Mm -hmm. more comfortable chairs. And (laughs) and then the point of all this is, well, then you do it. What can you do to show up and serve? And I believe the key to finding work you love is creating that work. And the way you create it is you point out the things that you can fix. Mm -hmm. So for me, the way that I got into this is because I started saying, hey, do you want some help with your marketing? You want me to write some emails for you? Can I co-host a webinar with you? Can I rebuild your website? Like these are things that I know how to do. But 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 most people, it would be something like, hey, could I teach that fifth grade classroom? Hey, could I have you over as a neighbor? Hey, could I tell you my story on Instagram? And so it's really about uh, to, to figure out what you want to do for the future is actually about mining your past. One of my one of my uh, friends and mentors, Bob Beal, who's in his 80s now, um, he has a book called Fourth Grade. And the whole point of that book is go back to fourth grade before the pressure of grades and college and all that. Go back to fourth grade. What did you do for fun? And Mm. for me, I I took my toys and I would reconfigure them and I would sell them at a profit at a garage sale. I was thinking about oh, income yeah. opportunities as a fourth grader. I was thinking about how to how to can reconfigure my bike so I could sell it to my neighbor friend. <laughs> and like that's what I was thinking about in fourth grade. So I think the key is like looking back at what you naturally do, what's really fun, what gives you life and energy, mm-hmm. and finding a profitable way to do that in our in our economy. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and you know, while we're recording this in 2022, it's absolutely incredible. Like you can make a full-time living talking literally about anything. Anything right. you could you can make a full time living talking about goat's milk online now it's crazy mm-hmm. so whatever you love doing there's a way to do it online now okay I want to go back to you going into a room and seeing what's wrong with it I yes. see people like that sometimes they have the gift of discernment on the other hand they can be have the gift of critical not That's critical right. thinking but criticizing Criticism. judgmental and then yeah. coming back with their little group of cronies and saying wasn't it would have been so much better if they had had this That's right. Um, but if we, are, those of us who are listening, if you're thinking like, well, what do I visualize or what do I even think of when I come in? A lot of women I know come into a room and say, I wish I hadn't come because I don't have a friend here. See, now that is where my there mind go. goes because I, like I speak it. on community and building uh, friendships for heaven's sake. Mm-hmm. So uh, to go into a room and see someone sitting by themselves, yeah. that's where I have to leave off sitting with my friends and go in and sit by that person because you wonder why they're sitting by themselves that's rather right. than going and saying, wow, um, they did a crummy job at this conference because they didn't let people sit, you know, they didn't let people sit in groups or whatever. So I think as believers, God is the ultimate judge. And we have to, I personally have to be careful not to judge other people who are judging and also not to be judgmental, but to come in with a critical eye of, wow, God, what what have you gift? I think this is what you're saying. What has God gifted me with to help fix this problem that God has let me see? Yes. Because God let you see that because you are a marketer by nature. It's in your DNA. DNA is from God. But if you go in and say, well, how come no one's doing anything about it? And then you yourself not do anything about it. We can't do everything. We can't go fix everything. So how do you make the boundary? Yeah. 
Well, a couple of points on that real quick. I think, I think the first one is that you have to steward your gift well, but mm. your, your gift is a small gift. It's, it's been given to you as a seed that needs to be watered and, and fertilized and, and, and really planted. Right. And right. so, um, just because you have an idea doesn't mean it's a great idea. And it doesn't mean you're mm. necessarily the, the, you'd have the excellence okay. in order to, to, um, to steward that gift well and to really grow it. So I think that's what training and education and coaching, like those things are all about is, is really the key to success is uh, continuous effort in the same direction over time multiplied by God, continuous effort. That means you got to do some work, right? If you, the right. Bible literally says, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. So like go do some work. I love, I think it's in, it's either Proverbs or Ecclesiastes and it says, um, it says, before you build your house, plant your fields. In yes. other words, get your business off the ground before you start thinking about where you're going to rest. And mm -hmm. we are, we're in a culture addicted to rest and relaxation. Yeah. And self-care. So much self-care. Self I, oh I believe self-care is selfish. Um, <laughs> and I publicly <laughs> state that everywhere. I don't think it's selfish, quote unquote, um, when used in moderation. And I think right. God has given us the formula, which is once a week. So great. Once a week, you take a Sabbath. Um, I have some friends that are really into Sabbath practice. I think it's really important. But I think that self-care can also sound like overindulgence, living beyond your means, um, Idolatry. not taking care of your body, which is called the vessel of the Holy Spirit. Like there's there's so many ways that self-care is, mm -hmm. is misconstrued as gluttony as well. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to be careful of that. Repeat that line, continuous effort in the same direction over time. Multiplied by God is the way that Dave Ramsey says it. And I, I, I first heard it from him, but I've since heard other people say it. But yeah, continuous effort in the same direction over time, multiplied by God. So for example, if you want to get a book deal, the, a book deal lives in your future. Like 100%, there is a publisher that will publish your book. What they're looking for is track record. They're looking for continuous faithfulness, which is measured in two things. It's measured in audience and it's measured in dollars or certificates of appreciation. In other words, are you actually making money from this? And are people paying attention? And normally, or mostly the reason people aren't ready for a book deal is because it's a brand new idea. But what if you were to take that message and say, I spoke at, at, at my mops group at my church on hospitality and how to uh, engage my unsaved neighbors. Okay, that's your message. Great. Don't come up with a new topic next week for your church. Take that message and go share it at five more churches mm -hmm. in the next couple months mm -hmm. and then record it edit it, post it online and go share it with 50 more churches over the next two years. And you become the hospitality guru, like the person that only talks about that topic, as opposed to like randomly talking about a bunch of things. I think hmm. that's one of the biggest mistakes I see in, in, in our culture is a lack of a lack of clear focus. How is your marketing plan different from all the rest? Because there's so much out there yeah. on social media. Well, it, it absolutely is not different than all the rest because oh. there are proven practices that work and proven principles. So um, I, I think when I, when I think of marketing, uh, marketing is simply just um, uh, presenting the opportunity for somebody to make progress. That's how I think about marketing. So you need three components to any decent marketing message. You need uh, the problem, the promise, and the path. So that I might be saying it a little differently than other people, but, but this just sort of tried into um, is number one, 
where is someone stuck? Like, what's the problem that they're facing? Is it internal or is it external? What's their problem? Usually it's either in, in, in money, in relationships, or something with their health is, is usually one of the three problems. So number one, pick a specific problem. Uh, number two is what's the solution? Or what I'd say is what's the promised land? So imagine that um, someone's recent, recently diagnosed with Crohn's disease. I just met a, fr- I met a new friend who has Crohn's disease. And I, I don't know a lot about Crohn's. So I'm just going to talk about that real quick. So the problem is recently diagnosed with Crohn's disease. The promise is I'm living a a healthy, vibrant life. So the problem is new diagnosis. The promise is living a great life and, and, and not necessarily Crohn's free, but thriving with the disease. And then what's the path to get there? Well, I'm not the person for it. He would be, um, but it would be, what's the first thing you did? What's the second thing you did? What's the third thing? So what are the steps in the journey? Uh, So from stuck to success and what are the steps or the problem to the promise? What is, What's the path? That's really what marketing is all about. Um, and most people I see, their their messages are kind of vanilla. They're like, they, they're, it's like, why would I even care, right? Mm-hmm. People want to know what's in it for me. When you talk about this is the problem that you're facing, here's the solution and I can help you get that solution. That's why people want to do business with you. Well, tell us uh, briefly the story between you being before when you were like CEO of a charter school and mm-hmm. then you decided you would go out to business on, on your own and it was a failure and then it was a success. So tell us those so three fun. steps. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, well, I, I, I think all of us have points in our life where we hit a wall, where we, where we got stuck. Um, I prefer feeling like I hit a wall, calling it a wall. Cause that's what it feels like in the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you're, you're living your life. You think everything's good in your marriage and all of a sudden, boom, you discover an affair or boom, you discover pornography addiction or alcoholism or something like that. Um, for me, I, I kept climbing the ladder of, um, K-12 education. I was a school teacher for seven years. I was a school administrator for seven years. And I kind of looked around and said, I think I built my ladder against the wrong building. Uh, oh, wow. I, I, like what my last job in K-12 education was launching a charter school. The next natural step is create a charter school network, go national, get some outside funding, like make good, try to get on Oprah or whatever and make it write a book about it. And I realized I had just completely had no passion for it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I actually loved doing was starting new things. Mm-hmm. And so as a teacher, I started a new uh, technology program, then a new curriculum program, then a new after school program. Then I became an administrator, I started a new online program. Then I started a new school. And I'm like, what's the new thing I'm going to start? And I kind of ran out of new things to start. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Uh, you know what? I haven't been an educator all along. I've been an edupreneur all along. Mm. And so that's when I I realized I needed to leave that position and just start my next thing. My next thing. I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a question because what what some believer might hear, and I don't think they're hearing correctly if they do, but they hear you saying, well, you can only do things that give you joy. Is that anti-Christian to only do things that give you joy? Aren't we supposed to work hard and and you know, oh, that, I know what it's deny yourself and sacrifice yourself. I mean, those are words right out of Christ, right? And yeah. so, I mean, I believe what you do. Yes. I really say, I know I'm meant to do such and such because it gives me such great joy because God That's loves right. me so much yes. and that he gave me this gift to do it. And so when I don't do it, I get a little grumbly in my tumbly. And it's not only because I haven't had breakfast yet, but the fact is, yeah. I don't think 
we're being self-serving when we do things that God has given us to do. So how would you answer someone who would say, wait, I think I'm supposed to deny myself and, and go to the cross every day. Yeah. That's a really good question. Okay. When I get to heaven, I want to have a serious conversation uh, with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. And I want to, and I want to say to them, um, why, di why did you skip a really important verse? And the really important verse is only two words. And the, and the two words are Jesus laughed because mm -hmm. I'm 100% convinced based on context that Jesus laughed all the time. All the time. Jesus okay. was literally the life of the party. He was a <laughs> friend of sinners, which is basically saying you're the life. He was the life of the party. Right. And, and I think what, what we do sometimes is we, 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 we embrace Jesus wept, but we forgot Jesus laughed. Mm -hmm. And, Isn't and so the, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Jesus constantly talked about money and riches and the future and the promises of heaven and joy and happiness. And so it's really sad. What, what's the old quote? Like, um, you, you accepted the Lord as your, as, as your savior, but you haven't told your face. Like oh, yeah. he transformed your heart, but he hasn't transformed your face yet. Yeah. I think there's a lot of grumpy Christians out there. Yeah. Um, the, here's the truth. I mean, the reality is we are called to partner with the Lord in his great Amen. redemptive work. And it's so exciting. And, and I love, I love the verse. And this is from Christ, right? Where he talks about, we have a good heavenly father and he, and he compares the, uh, us to his, his kids, God's kids. And so I think about my little son, Hudson, six years old. And my son comes up to me and he says, daddy, can I have, right? Dot, 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 whatever. Daddy, can I have a gummy bear? Daddy, can I have a brownie? Daddy, can I have a Sprite? And instead I give him arsenic. Like that's illogical, right? Mm -hmm. But a good heavenly father would not do that when we ask for an egg and he gives us a scorpion in, mm -hmm. in, in those days. In our day, it would be like, he asked for a hamburger and I give him a rock. Like that doesn't make any sense. And so I think in the same way, um, God is a good God who has good plans for us. He loves us. He loves to partner with us. He loves to bring us alongside. He didn't need us, right? If we right. don't speak the truth, the rocks will cry out, um, which is kind of funny to think about. I mean, imagine that. Um, but he's got a good sense of humor too. So mm -hmm. I, I think maybe in a different time, in a different time, pioneer days, you had to be a jack of all trades, right? If you're settling the land, mm -hmm. you have to know how to do all of it. Right. Um, but just as Paul used the tools of the culture to engage the culture, we are called to use the tools of the culture. Fortunately, we live in 2022, where um, you won't make money if you're a jack of all trades. You mm -hmm. have to specialize. All of our jobs are specialized. Anybody who's making six figures plus online is specialized. And so I, I think it's not just, it's, it's a wise as serpents, gentle as doves. The wisest serpent part is to niche down. Um, the gentle as doves is to be kind and don't be a jerk about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I, I, 100%, you can, you can love your life, do good work, make a lot of money, serve a lot of people, and always have, always have um, the story ready to share, right? The reason we have the hope inside of us, be ready with an answer. And I'm always ready with an answer. So mm -hmm. why, why not have fun in the process? What would you say? You're always ready with an answer. What is the hope within you? Oh yeah, of course, of course it's the Lord. It's, it's, it's Jesus Christ's redemptive work on the cross. We, we were born in, in a sinless world. Sin entered the world through, through the fallen angel of Lucifer of Satan. Uh, Eve was tempted. 
Adam sinned as well. And because of sin, we now are born with a fallen nature. We are not inherently good. We are mm. born with a fallen nature. And the only and, and the consequence of sin is death. And so the only way for us to reclaim our inheritance, for us to, to reconnect to our heavenly father and rejoin the family is to trust in the son. Uh, mm. The son who came, uh, lived a perfect life, died for us, rose again. Yes, rose again again hell is a real place heaven is a real place and there's there's only one path it's not through uh, personal fulfillment or or finding your chi or whatever the latest thing is mm -hmm. uh, but it's 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 in um trusting the lord with all your heart and not leaning on your own understanding uh and it has to do with uh him being your savior and your lord not just savior but your lord as well mm. um and 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 i think i think we mix up the message uh so much but it, it's actually kind of simple, right? Yeah. My kindergartner knows it, which is like, it's not about you. It's not about you at all, but it's about what he did for you. And now that you acknowledge that, now you're a child of God. I, I see this in our culture all the time. Where we're like, we're all children of God. No, we're not. He no, does not, not call us our chil his children. Mm -mm. We, are, we are called his children, but we still have to accept it. He's laid, he's laid out the bridge, but we still have to cross it. Mm. You wrote, uh, I believe that you were all made for a purpose. What yes. do you say to the person who says, oh, wait, not me, or I don't want to tell anybody, but I really feel like I don't have a purpose. I feel inadequate or stuck. Mm. Um, and the world has passed me by. I mean, I talk to women all the yes. time and you yeah. can see by their body language that they, I don't think God meant me when Sue said that. That's right. So what would you say to that person? I love it. You know, Sue, the, the, the story that's coming to mind is Jesus with the woman at the well, because mm -hmm. I think she had given up on herself as well. Yep. And, and what he said to her is go and sin no more. He gave her a mission. And as long as you still have breath, you still have a mission. And the example I'll use is my dear grandmother. We call her nanny. Her name's Mary. And she's turning 96 next month. We talk every, every single Sunday. And, and she fell about four months ago and, and hurt her hip. And she was really depressed. She kind of basically said, you know what? I think I'm done. I think God's done with me. 95 years old. I think God's done with me. We said, you know, we don't think you should live on your own anymore. We think you need to go into assisted living. And she was depressed and she's, she is just a prayer warrior, but she was really, really sad about this whole thing. I talked to her yesterday and she said, you know what? God has a secret plan for me. He had a secret <laughs> plan all along, all along. <laughs> all along. And so now she is evangelizing her whole assisted living facility. Love and it. she's like, okay, with this neighbor, that's, I got to get them a daily bread first because they're not quite ready to hear my story. This neighbor's ready to hear my story. This neighbor wants to come to the prayer group. And so she is evangelizing this whole group. So I'd say, as long as you have a breath inside of you, God is not done with you. Um, but you know what? There, his his kindness leads us to repentance. I, I believe that his still small voice is calling to you saying, um, I'm still here. Like, I'm still with you. I'm still for you. I'm still here. Um, and so it's never too late. I mean, like literally right now, it's never too late. You can send an email right now. You can post on Facebook right now. There are people in your life that that need to hear from you. Um, and I believe that you've been called with a specific purpose. Mm. So ultimately our purpose is to know him and make him known. Um, and while we're doing that, we're to feed our family and we're, to, and we're just love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself. So we love three people, right? We love ourselves. We love our neighbor and we love God in, in, dis, in ascending order. Um, and so, yes, of course, God has a lot more to do mm. with you and for you and through you. Oh, so encouraging. 
Um, I know that your book is called uh, Start With Your People, and you had mm -hmm. to come around to knowing serving people as your main target. Yes. How do you um, keep people as the target of your work versus putting yourself in first place? Because you know, we're working so hard, so we're going, well, I hope I do a good job. Or I, like I spoke last weekend, I prayed yeah. for, for me to do a good job. How do you get the I out of there, but you still do the work? I mean, right. I think I think we do it, yeah. but you personally, how do you keep people as serving people as your focus? Whether than going, wow, I made a lot of money last last weekend. I must be pretty cool. How right. do you do? How do you personally do that? If you don't mind sharing, yeah, you know, really practically, like this. This was today. T today, I had five people message me before eight o'clock in the morning. Five. Oh dear. Individual people. Two of them, we have a business deal that we're working on. One of them was just a follow-up from, or two of them was a follow-up from a conference. And then one of them was answering a question I asked last week. And, and in that moment, we always have a choice. And, and so for me, starting with people today was responding to those people. Now I, I did it within a time frame, uh, And so I think it would have been really easy for me to say, I, I'm booked all the way till four o'clock. I'm not gonna message these people back until four o'clock. But what I thought about literally today, Sue, was how would I feel if I were them? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just the golden rule, right? Yeah, Do unto others. Like it. Right? And just flipping it around and just saying, if, if I were that, that business partner, one of the business partners um, was sending me a login for his MailChimp account. And so all I needed to do is say, got it, thanks so much. But, but me sending, got it, thanks so much, was an acknowledgement of the effort that he made in sending mm -hmm. that to me. And it would have been really easy for me just to not say anything because I got it. But saying I got it um, was just going a little bit above and beyond. And I'm definitely not tuning my own horns. It's like a really basic uh, text message. But I think, I think for us, if we can kind of flip the perspective and just imagine like, what would it be like? Like what mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is bringing to mind right now is a neighbor across the street. Um, this, this neighbor has a perspective of what is it like to be Brian Dixon's neighbor. And I, I, I want to think like, would I be the kind of neighbor that I would want to be, mm. right? Like, would I want to have that? Would I want to have Brian Dixon as my own neighbor? And if, right. if the answer is a hesitant, not even a no, if just a little bit of a hesitance, then maybe there's a little bit of a gap that can be filled with some action. Mm. Maybe it's restarting, maybe it's having a conversation, but like just thinking about like, how can I show up in a way that I would want other people to show up. Hmm. And I experienced this from you because I don't even know you. You didn't remember me from anything. And when you responded, yes, got it. Thanks. Or whatever. Oh. It, they were very <laughs> cryptic answers like that. He didn't have to say that, but yeah. I appreciate, I appreciated it. And Love I get it. tons of emails too. And I think, do I just, does she really need an answer? Does she yeah. really need an answer? So putting yourself in someone's shoes, that's so great. So what would you say is your legacy for those who know and love you? Oh my goodness. I, I mean, I think my legacy is, is bold uh, leadership, hmm. specifically uh, bathed in scripture, submitted to the Lord. Like, I, I, think, I think that's it. I, I would love to have generations change as a result of the way that I, I taught my audience, I taught my clients, and I, and I really taught my kids. I, I think as a dad that... I need to prepare my kids for a world that doesn't exist, a world, a world that will exist, but doesn't currently a world that I will never see. And statistically they're going to, they're going to live 
what, 40 years longer than I will. They're going to see 40 years of worlds that I, that I won't see, a post-post-post-Christian culture. And so I think my legacy is in, is in training them in the way they should go so that when they're older, they won't depart. And I also think that it's about um, boldly uh, living my faith out loud online specifically for, for these mm-hmm. d- evil days that we live in right now, mm-hmm. right? We are all given a message for such a time as this, and it's our time to speak up. Um, and so I think biblical clarity, uh, if, if I could move a needle in some way in my life, I think it would be um, calling Christian entrepreneurs to be more biblically literate. I think it's, it's kind of cool to deconstruct somebody I really respect and admire. Uh, two days ago, I saw his three-minute video about why he's deconstructing, why he's leaving the traditional Christian mm-hmm. faith, doesn't believe the Bible anymore. Hell isn't kind, and so therefore it must not be real because I evaluate all truth through my own perspective. And I'm like, man, this guy, like, I want to help that not happen. Cause I think mm-hmm. about his kids mm-hmm. and I, and they're, they're going to just grow up in a family who has no anchor anymore. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think stewarding that anchor in my own family first, um, in those around me. And then, and then in the way that I'm, I boldly proclaim the gospel specifically online, um, I think we'll make, we'll make the biggest difference. My, my goal, audience of one, my goal is to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And I think the way to do that, I, I mean, let's be real. The God's given me 10 talents, not the five and not the one. I know to him who's given much, much is required. And so I want to multiply the gifts he's given me to be used of him so that he can be like, son, that was so fun. Like <laughs> we did 83 years together, right? And so the way that I do it, Sue, is I literally on the on the wall over there? You said this on video here, so I've got on the oh, yeah. wall down there. There yeah, we go. I see it. I've got a that says my life in weeks, and every single Monday I take my Sharpie marker and mm. I cross off one box, which means I left I I led one more week behind, one more week, and and statistically I'll live till I'm 83 and a half, and so I know how many weeks I have left. And so I want to make sure I'm using these weeks well, wow. because at the end of those weeks, I'm going to give my report to my daddy. And mm-hmm. I want to be able to say, dad, thanks so much for all that you've given me. I multiplied it. Look at all the people that are coming mm-hmm. because of the word. And I'm excited to be here. Wow. 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 Uh, does that make, give you a little tension inside? Like, oh no, last week wasn't very profitable in all ways. Every day. Oh gosh. Well, I don't want you to live in such tension that you have to, you know, like Oh, that. that's the fun. Okay, I think, I, okay. I think it's like a dance. Like it's ex- it's exciting. It's almost yeah. like a I think there's a there's a tension is beautiful, right? Like muscles grow over tension. Um mm-hmm. food is cooked under tension, if you will, if you kind of broaden that definition a little bit. Like I right. love coffee. Coffee is made under tension and stress. Like, like self-care, the reason I made the comment before about self-care can be selfish is because it's stress that, that creates, um, the, the, the diamonds, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, James talks about, um, call it, um, uh, call it, uh, uh, count it a blessing, call it, count it all joy. My brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, mm-hmm. uh, one of my, one of my, my mentors, um, who's since passed away, but, but Jim Rohn, he would say, um, don't wish for things to be easier, wish for you to be better. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really believe in all the self-care 
mumbo jumbo stuff because I think it's looking for an easy life. Mm-hmm. And 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 we are promised the cross, right? We are promised the yoke of, of slavery, but it's slavery to Christ. And so I think understanding there is going to be tension, there is going to be a battle, uh, but we're called to fight it and fight it well and putting on the armor of God. And, and when we do, um, victory comes from battle. Victory doesn't come from vacation. So I love being, being in the battle on a, on a weekly basis. Well, I can hear that when I see your uh, Facebook post too. I thought, well, yes, this guy, sometimes. Doesn't, he doesn't really care what people think. He's just going to say what is truth. And I appreciate that about you. How you know your, what? Just what, real, quick clarifying that yeah. I ca- I say it because I care so much. There we go about what people believe. Yeah, it might not be how do they think of me. I really don't care what they think of me, That's but I is. really care what they believe, especially what they're what they're sharing. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so many people leading people one way that we've got to be bold and say, hey, wait a second, let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's not forget that the word has already been spoken. Mm. How does your life embody God's welcome? Oh, probably through my tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if this were, if there were no God, I think I would be re- a really hard person. And, and I think if for anyone that knows me or has seen me in a few contexts, they go, he might be aggressive, but he still has a soft heart. And I think that's a, that is evidence of the Holy Spirit's moving in your life. Mm. It, 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 it is, um, it's, it's a thick enough skin to be able to face the barbs of our culture, but a soft heart in order to be able to connect to people. Um, and so I, I think that's probably the evidence of my life. Yes, I can be a bit of a bulldog, um, because I'm protecting the house, right? But but also I love, I'm a little bit of a lap dog when it comes to being a bulldog, right? Like I, I, I still think having that tenderness. And so I just think you look at Christ. He, he used a whip. He flipped over a table. He called people names to their faces when they deserved it. Mm-hmm. And yet he cried over losing his friend. And he told his friends to slow down and be with him. And so that's who I want to emulate not the hippie Jesus, but the Jesus of the Bible, who was all of those things. Mm. Um, and so I think that's probably the evidence of the hope I have inside of me is, is my tears. So wonderful. Well, you can connect with Brian. Uh, why don't you tell us how and that what you're offering a 15 minute call? I want to describe that. I love it. Of course. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. If something I said encouraged you, I, I really want to be called a son of encouragement. I'd love to encourage you even further. I believe generally because we are physical people, we think about our material uh, around us. It's just who we are. Jesus used so many stories of material possessions to connect to our heart. Mm-hmm. And so I love helping Christians make money. Uh, and if you're like, I look at the bills and there's not enough money at the end of the month, I'd love to help figure that out with you, whether it means starting a business or helping you get a different job or coming with a creative uh, income. That's kind of one of my superpowers. And so I'd love to discuss that with you, help you see maybe what you don't see. Um, And the way to do that is just go to my website, briandixon.com, B-R-I-A-N-D-I-X-O-N.com. And there's a button right on the front page to book a call. Thank you so much. What an encouragement. Everybody call Brian this week. He has a whole week to fill up with his legacy of welcoming others to him, to God and his true word. So thank you so much, Brian. 
You've Thanks, been... Sue. I'm honored I... to be here. Oh, thank you. The honor's mine. Bye. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.